Hallelujah. Amen. I'll read from verses 37. This is Hebrews chapter number 10, verses 37. Our, our main verse is 38, or rather one of our verses for today is verse 38. But allow me to read verse 37. Did I just say allow? Allow me to read. <laughs> for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Verses 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. It's saying that my, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith is not just a central theme in the scriptures. Faith, literally, God has, has pegged a lot of the joy that it carries into faith. Alright? So, the joy that it carries towards you. So, he says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So, in other words, he has put faith at a certain place where if faith is not engaged, then it is impossible for you to please him. You can do everything else, but you will not please him. But if you engage faith, it becomes possible for you to please God. So this is the king of kings. This is the creator of the universe. This is the one whom we all want to be in, good, in his good books. All right? For lack of a better word. Um, I've tried that microphone. It sounds so much better. So, faith is not just a central theme. There are many things that are central things in the scripture. For instance, there is there is there are covenants. There are you know there are things that God can do without. Uh, but even for you to be saved in the last minute, it requires faith. So, in other words, there is a compromise that God cannot. As far as faith is concerned, he cannot engage in. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And then it doesn't stop there. It says anyone who engages in faith and then puts a reverse gear, my soul will have nothing to do with him. <laughs> so he says, the just shall live by faith, verses 38. But if any man draws back, if any man draws back, back from living by faith so he's now talking to those who are the just who are the righteous those who are you and i that if any of us draw back then his soul will have no pleasure with us hebrews 11 verses 6 is the scripture that i was saying the bible says that without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you're coming to God, you're coming for the full thing. You're coming to pursue till the end. In other words, by the time you are coming, there must be an information that you carry. And that information is this, is that God, he that comes to God, is that God, he is, he is alive, one as if you were. And he's a rewarder of them who engage, them who diligently seek him. 
So you can never engage faith and be ashamed and you must be convinced of that before you begin to engage. Buona Sifir. And when we'll continue to read, we'll land in the book of, uh, in a minute, in the book of Judges. But even before that, I think we should open Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, um, verses, um, verses 11. The Bible says, it's basically a repetition. The Bible says, but no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. So it begins, it tells you that no one is justified by the law before God. So even though God is pleased when you follow the law, God is pleased when you engage in the law, the Bible says that it justifies no one. For all of us have been called to live by faith. So even the mere fact that we believe we are justified, it's faith in action. And that is what we have been called to live. Banasifiwe. That is what we have been called to. Romans chapter, this should be chapter chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Let me check the verse. Verse 17, the Bible says, Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to what? To faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So, the moment you have engaged in this journey, that means that you have become a believer, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have been, let me use the word condemned, because there is no any other way out of this. You have been put or you are carved out or you are born to live by faith to live by faith the bible says that is the path of the just that you and i must live by faith and here it says that that faith reveals itself from faith to faith that in that journey it reveals itself from faith to faith. That means that the faith, the kind of faith that you're being called to is not a one-stop shop. Is that the moment you engage in faith, you are constantly exploring the corridors, the rooms, the chambers of faith. So now it's moving from faith to faith. So the same faith you operating in six years ago should not be the same level you are at today as you continue to grow in Christ. So verse 17, repeat, I repeat again, says, therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So the righteousness of God can only be revealed when you're moving from grace to grace. So here's a God who wants to prove himself to you. All right? And he tells you, I need you to explore this grace that, has, that I've given you. These dimensions that I've given you. I need you to push. I need you to believe God for the impossible. I have called you to do the impossible. I've called you to believe for the impossible. I've given you enough tools. Now, I want you to engage, try, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you taste, you discover that God has answered. God has done this. God. So you are moving from faith to faith. So at one point... You have the faith to feed your family. Another point, you have the faith to lend to a nation. Another moment, you have the faith to heal our whole nation. 
to deliver a nation. You are constantly engaging and growing in the dimensions of faith because this is the life of a believer that the just must live by faith. And there is something that when the Bible says that if you put your hand on it and then pull it back, my soul will have no pleasure in you. Luke, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, I'll read one verse. Because I want you to see that nature, that, that character of God. Because it comes out so strongly in the book of Judges and, it's also comes, and it also comes out so strongly in, in Luke chapter 9 verses 62. The Bible says, Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the block and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom. Now, one of the reasons why we are not able to achieve much or to move or to move and to grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory, is because we constantly put our hands to the plow and then call it back. All right. It's like whenever any new thing comes up that it requires a different key of faith, you come back to start from level one. It is why we have to remind you that God did it. He can still do it. If he did it before, he can do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. We have to. So there is no continuation. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we put our hands to the plow. We say we are believing God for Kenya. We are believing God for Kenya. Now six months, Kenya has not worked out the way we are believing God for it. And then now we begin to reduce because why? We are confronted with the realities that can be changed, the realities that do not reflect the truth of the kingdom of God. We are meant to move from glory to glory. It's the only life we have that the just shall live by his faith. It is the only glory that we have, that we live by faith. And when we live by faith, we avail much. We bring forth resources to the kingdom. Now, what I just said, someone might say, you know, he says that when we live by faith, now we can bring resources to the kingdom. No. Bringing resources to the kingdom is wide. You understand? That means that you can kneel in your house, open a dimension for, for bishops and ministers and territorial commanders of your area that they are beginning to find revelation, they are getting direction because there is someone who is just an ashat awakening church who is kneeling down and they are bringing the resources of the kingdom of God. Because what faith does it, is that it makes available for you the storeroom of God, the stores of God, the mysteries of the kingdom. Faith is a mystery in itself. So our faith is able to work is that whenever you engage it, it's the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. And this kingdom, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, that it has one characteristic. There is something about this kingdom that whoever puts his hand on the plow and then changes his mind is not fit for any kind of service in the kingdom. So, in order for our faith to be effective, we must make up our mind to be consistent, not just in faith, but in living by faith. And not just in living by faith, but
but to be consistent in growing in faith. We must make up our mind to be what? Consistent in living in faith. Consistent in growing in faith. It cannot be that you have a time in your life where you're not believing God for anything that is major. Do, do you understand? Yes. It cannot be that when you caught that car, now you're fine until marriage or until another sermon about marriage. It cannot be that it's just the marriage thing that drives you. There is so much more than that. Yes. That if God was able to answer all of your material needs, would, would there be still an opportunity for you to impress him by your faith? You know, the Bible says things like, ask and I'll give the nations to you. The ends of the earth. So, 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 so you still have room to ask and to engage faith. And the more you have room, the more you ask and the more you engage faith, the more the heavens open and the mystery of faith swings into action. God answers to faith. God answers to faith. So, the assignments that God will begin to give us as a people, as awakening church, because we are constantly growing in our faith. Because we are moving from faith to faith. Now, in the book of, uh, of, of Judges, Judges, chapter number... Judges chapter 6. I'm looking for a scripture, just a minute. Chapter 7, sorry, Judges chapter 7. This is, Gideon has encountered God, and Gideon is about to go to a battle. And the Bible says, then Zerubal, who is Gideon, verses 1, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them and the hills of Morem in the valley. So they were everywhere. In other words, there were many. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into thy hands. Let Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand, lest Israel, you know, taunt themselves, taunt God to say that, you know, their own hand has delivered them. So they would look at the strength that they have and the things that they, they carried into warfare and said that God has not given us this battle, this battle we won it because of how we fought. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people saying whosoever is fearful and afraid, let them return and depart early from the Mount uh, Gilead. And so God is telling him that these people that you have already, they are outnumbered. But, but God is still telling him that these people that you have, they are too many. So what you do, please, Tell them to go back if they are fearful. And those who are fearful left. 
The Bible talks about what, what number? Was it 40,000? 30? It was 30,000, right? The Bible talks about 22,000. And their return of the people, 20, 22,000. And remained 10,000. The Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are too many. Too many. And then he says something interesting in verses, uh, verses, uh, verses 4. He says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them. Other versions say I will test them. So this was a test. The first one, they were just told, Go home if you are afraid. But now this one was a test. And the Bible says, Those, and it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever shall say to you, this shall not go with thee, this shall not go with thee. Verses 5, so he brought them down into the water, and you all know the story. There are those who, verse 6 says, and the number of them that, that word is loved, right? Putting their hand to their mouth were 300 men. The rest of the people, they rested. The Bible says, while he kneeled down, some sat down, and so they began to drink the waters. In other words, they were on their way to battle, and in their head, they're telling themselves, hey, I can you take a breather before the battle that is ahead. Do you understand? These men were brave. These men were going for battle. These men were not just like any other men. When those who are afraid, and I, I tend to believe that when Gideon whispered and Gideon said, if you know you are afraid, Tafadali Rudi, I'm, I'm sure that there was a presence that also caused fear amongst the hearts of the people. Like, if you are fearful, you really became fearful and you left. It was not at your joke. Because the hand of God was involved in separating people. The people who remained, the 10,000, these were mighty men of valor. These were men who were ready to battle. But amongst them, there were those who would not mind resting. And I've observed myself, and I've observed so many of the believers that I come across, and it's almost like in the graph of faith, we are always resting. There must come a time where God reminds us, but like this is the kind of journey that we constantly have. Yet the Bible says that the just shall live by his faith. So what are you believing God for today? If God answers it today, what will you be believing God for tomorrow? Is there a way that you can look at yourself and say that by this I have been growing in the graph? Because when that was on Sunday, right? This past Sunday. Then the day I was meeting the man of God, that was the next day. Sunday or Monday. Right. So on Monday, we were having a conversation with the man of God, ICC Mombasa. ICCDR, and as we were having that conversation, I was, I was, we were having some conversation, you know, about what revival really should be. And we are talking about how, what taking over looks like, all right? And so we even said, you know what? We are going to do a meeting next year, February, where we are going down to Diani for a three-day conference. Buona sifiwe. Amen. And, 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 and one of the things that I left out of that meeting with was this unsettling desire and a push, you know, from, from, from God for us to step out in faith. For us to step out in faith. 
We cannot be talking about millions and we have no ability to change things. We cannot be talking about revival in the hospital and we have no ability to change things. And the truth is that ability doesn't come with your bank account. It comes with your faith. It comes with faith. And the Bible has even given you a measure that can move mountains. It says as faith as little as, as a master seed. That it can be able to move mountains. That means that we are the only obstacle. We are the only ones that stand in between. I want you to wake up in the morning and tell yourself, God can do all things. Nothing is impossible with God. And then I also want you to resign in this place where you, are, you have become accustomed to putting forth faith and not seeing return. Because that is also the journey of many Christians. Okay. As long as you are praying, Oh, Father, do this. Oh, Father, do this. Oh, it looks impossible, but nothing is impossible in your hands. You find joy, satisfaction, some sort of satisfaction in constantly making that prayer without walking in an answered prayer and open heaven. I don't know if you, you get what I mean. It can be easy... The same way you can have someone who comes to cry over your shoulder and to share. Some people would share, but when you give them a very, very simple, logic answer to their problems, they don't want. Which means that which they want is just to share, to be way around you. You understand what I'm saying? In the same way, most believers want to just be way around God. So we don't look at the mechanism of faith. How does faith work? Because you read and you see that Anna was crying before the presence and then one day. <laughs> the Bible says today. Today when you hear his voice, do not harden yourself. Why? Because you are the problem. I'm sorry. Because faith has worked. And if you want to know faith works, the Bible says that by faith, this world rotates. By faith. By faith. By faith, the heavens and the earth, they still stand. So faith works every day. Whether you engage it or not, faith works. You are breathing because faith works. You are walking because faith works. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, you're breathing because faith? Faith works. Faith works by faith, through faith, in faith, and just faith. Faith works. Faith is intelligent. Faith lives. Faith is alive. So when you engage faith, it works. So if it's not working, we have not engaged. Uh -huh. We have not engaged and you can engage in prayer and not engage in. You can engage in fasting and not engage in. So, because we are going to be intercessors and you are intercessors, we must be intercessors who are wealthy. We must be intercessors who are able to make decisions over nations. Why? Because faith works. We are not just interested in prayer. We are aware of what prayer brings. What faith reaches out and brings to our disposal. One has to feel it. So, 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 
In this service, I can tell you, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. But I want you to be affirmed. I want your spirit to be affirmed of it. That the kind of faith that you have is a faith that is the original faith and is the faith of Christ himself. And there is nothing that is impossible with that faith that you have. Jesus reaches out and heals a woman even though the time and it is prophesied. A lot of people read that scripture but do not know what really was happening. You remember when a woman came to Jesus and said, Hey, Master, would you heal my child? And Jesus says, I cannot give the bread of the children to dogs. And a lot of people don't understand what that is because some people say that, you know, children were the children of Israel. He came for them first, but he did not. He came for those who were willing. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So Jesus says that I cannot give this bread to dogs, calls the woman dogs. And of course, when you see the word dog, we now begin to be distracted over what's happening. But the truth of the matter is that this was a prophecy that it comes for the house first. And so the benefits that they were meant to enjoy were meant for them. And so protocol is broken because someone has engaged faith. Jesus ends up saying that I have never seen this kind of faith even here amongst the children of Jacob. I've not seen this kind of faith. So I'm telling you that faith works. Faith works. Faith works. But you must believe God for the impossible so that you can see the difference. Faith works, but you must be, believe God for the impossible. You must mention figures in your prayer. You must mention souls and numbers in your prayer. You must mention nations in your prayers. That when you come out of that place, even you, you know for sure that Ikitu, no one else can answer this kind of prayer. It will take God for this prayer to be answered. And here's the good news. See, when you're asking God for nations and where you are, you're looking at yourself and saying, I'm just a small girl or I'm just a, this young man or I'm just struggling with this or I'm in the middle of this and God me, how can I even ask you of all these things? The Bible says that you are pleasing God at that moment. The expression of what you think is inconveniencing God is actually pleasing God. It's actually pleasing God. So for us to have dominion in this land, you must put forth your faith. You must put forth your faith. Your faith. I'm praying for you that the investments that God gives you will be investments that move nations. Will be investments that shake nations. I'm praying for you that the nations that God gives you will be nations that have been impossible for men to penetrate, to influence. And I pray that the kind of influence that you will have will be, hey, will be dominion. Amen. Will be Jesus' authority in expression. Will be the move of God. As Awakening Church, our calling is also territorial. It's territorial. Our revival for us is practical. 
So that means the wealth, like what God gave Abraham, he is able to give it to you. Do you realize that Abraham did not like represent God in fellowships? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I'm not saying he didn't have fellowships, but that is not what we are told in scripture. We are told of how he believed God and a nation came out of him. We are told of how he had an army and he fed people, he had nations. In fact, he helped one man fought with a nation's army and he won. That is what the scripture tells us. And the Bible brings us to covenant. Constantly, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them never had churches. They just led families into other territories. They just had fruitful farms. They had growth. They had dominion. The decision makers of those days, they were part of the decision makers. They controlled the system. And this is what God will do with the awakening church. Amen. That when we have our fellowship, it's a fellowship of a people who moved from a 15,000 salary into paying people in millions and paying governments in millions into pushing policies. It is possible that God can do it with someone who has not gone to school. It is possible. It is possible that you can believe God for a type of currency whether it's Bitcoin or whatever, you can believe God for your own. It is possible that we can have every member of every family in this nation in our church. It is possible. It is possible that by your hands, barren women will be having children, that cancers will be healed, that solutions will be found. But it must be an active thing. We must live like we were born for it. You are born for faith. Amen. That's why I'm telling you that faith is not just one of the things in the kingdom. You were born for it. Without it, it's impossible to please God, but also through it, everything that we see were created. That is Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, chapter 11. Everyone, it's called the Hall of Fame because everyone that you know, and the Bible says, in fact, there's a, there's a, there's a verse that says that, you know, time, time, time. Because of time, we cannot mention everyone. But all of these men lived by faith. Whether they saw it or they did not saw it, they lived by faith. What is that thing that was in Abraham that even when he's asleep, he is called out in a vision and he's still able to see you and I? The Bible says that Abraham saw the days of Jesus. We read it here. That he saw the days of Jesus and he was pleased with the days of Jesus. The beauty about constantly engaging faith is that it opens up your perspective, it opens up your vision. Before long, your flesh begins to die or is choked and you begin to see by the eyes of the Spirit. Faith is, is the bridge that you have. Faith in your DHL. From the spiritual realm into the physical realm. 
So, if you constantly grow in faith, and the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you constantly grow in faith, then even your prayer will be different. And you will not spend your time praying that you may have faith or praying to convince yourself inside that prayer that your prayer may eventually end in faith. Oh, Father, I know that there is nothing impossible with you. How many of you have ever been praying and, and you know, like deep down in your heart, you're convincing yourself. Like it is you that you're speaking to, not really God. And you know how that can make up 90% of your prayers every time, all day. Oh God, big you are the biggest, great you are the greatest. You understand? Like Father, you are mighty. You are mighty in all your ways. You are leaning all your ways. And the entire time you are struggling that you may have a glimpse or a vision of how great God is. Today, from today I pray. Let it be so evident of how God is big in your life when we look at you. Amen. That you will not struggle with them starting that thing we call faith. You speak to yourself when you need to. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. In the spiritual realm, a spoiled child. You understand? Like you know it's there. Today morning, my son woke up and he started crying. He wants cocoa and he just wants it now. You know, like now, now, now. So I'm telling him, okay, so just relax. I will go out and buy milk and then I come and then I make the cocoa for you. That thing for cocoa, it's even done. I'm going to buy another one. He wants it now. When he wakes up in the morning, see, when he'll grow and he'll be around 15 or 16, he will understand that sometimes you're being unfair to us because you don't know whether we have the money like we have to work. Or maybe by that time, what do you want? You want meal or sour? Go wash the car. Then you come. So you will understand how it works. But right about now, when he wants chips, he calls for chips. Whether it's at midnight or during the day. And now me, I have to inform myself to choose peace. <laughs> so I'll drive at midnight to go to Imaradaima 24 hours, struggle with the drunkards and with the watchmen at the parking there at that mall, very bad, and then leave and go back and take the, the chips. Him, what he wants is the... So you, when you're praying unto God, who knows all things, who is older than you, way older than you, we cannot even quantify his age. Why are you worrying about where he will go and get it? <laughs> Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? He says to you, I own a cattle upon a thousand hills. He says to you that with me, nothing is impossible. What's even worse is that he is so big that you can't even see him. He says to you that this earth is my footstool. Heaven is where I sit. So why are you worrying about where he will get 500 million or 17 billion dollars for you to go and invest? 459 trillion. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So we cannot be worried about cancer. Uh -huh. 
We cannot be worried about physical cell. Because ours is to engage. Now, he says, if you believe in me, anything you ask God in my name, he will do it. Not he will think about it. He says he will do it. And then, and to confuse even further, he says, up until now, you have not asked. Hi. Those people that were following him were praying. There's a reason why they were following him. Do you know most people followed him because of needs? You know that, eh? That's why the first day he fed the 500 people, the second day they came, he refused, they left. Have you read the scripture? <laughs> the next day he refused to multiply. Why? They had needs. There are reasons why. Yet they were praying every time. But listen, there's something that happens when we begin to pray with a perspective. So as a weakening church, we want lands. Not just land, we want lands. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. We want lands where we can, have, we can have the things that we want to do. For us to have those acres... Land in appreciate, in a panda, in a fanyanini. We want to believe God for the impossible. But as a family, we must have this DNA in us. The DNA of believing God for the impossible. We cannot do it as a group if we are not successful on it as individuals. Then we will be lying. We will be meeting here on Sundays or meeting or gathering online to believe God for something. But then it's not the life that we have been living. I was having the conversation with the man of God and telling him, you know, we are talking about land and, and saying how we believe God for, for, for everyone here to own land, like natural land. And I'll tell you why. Because when God blessed the children of Israel everywhere, wherever he blessed them, or the people, he gave them land. Always it was the land. The rest of the things will benefit. So as long as you have learned, when you get there, it shall be fruitful. Th that one comes with you. Do you understand? That one is covenant that comes with you. So may God give you land. May God give you land. May God give you land. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because when we are asleep, the children of that, the Bible says they are wise. They are wise. While we are asleep, they are doing things. They are engaging in principles. They are doing the things that we are meant to be doing, and then they are taking territory. So by the time to Kokombele, we just have dominion over demons. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Brother so-and-so is gifted. Hey, brother so-and-so is gifted. What's it to let to Mbe in this fellowship? Uh, uh, we must not have mastery of our one area of our life. Our mastery should be over all the things that God has given us dominion over. This is why engage in constant growth in faith. Pursue faith. So do not open your mouth and speak any or by any situation and call it impossible. 
We already know what's impossible with man is possible with, with God. So if you are with God, if you are one with him, then all things are possible for you. The Bible says he who puts his plow is, an, is unfit for any service in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God. The Bible says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. In fact, let me read from verses 2. And by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was a righteous God testifying of his gift, of this gift. And by it he obtained, he being dead, yet still speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. That means that when we say an Enoch walked with God, what we mean to say is this, is that Enoch engaged constantly in faith. I'll say that again. That means that when we say Enoch walked with God until he was no more, what we mean to say is that Enoch constantly engaged in faith. Faith must not just be when you're believing God for something. Faith is your way of life. The just shall live by his faith. The problem with our theology is that we cannot walk successfully in faith when we have everything. If you woke up one morning and Elon Musk was affected by global warming and he gave you all his money and everything else, you woke up and that money was in your account. Then as far as you're concerned and the way you have been living your life, it is clear that you will no longer need faith. This is why we have a generation of young people looking good on Instagram and everything else, Mambo Kadalika. When they've gotten a job, they've done this and this and that, they begin to tell you philosophies of how they no longer see that God is there, they no longer believe that God. Why? Because their entire journey was a journey of luck, God providing. That was what they called their Christian walk. But we must be at a place where even when we are as wealthy as Job, we still walk. By faith. The Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. Yet Abraham believed God for one thing. Everything else was made available for him. And that which was made available for him, even he was okay with it. Because at some point he went to God and he said to God, you know, so and so is the one who will inherit. Give me a child. God gives him a child. God adds him more years. He still walks faithfully in faith. So, faith requires you having conversations with God. It's living with God, walking with God, talking with God, consulting with Him, blessing God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is something that you live in constantly. It doesn't have to be, I need this, so you put out your faith. So even when you need and you put out your faith, you're putting out your faith to someone whom you have already known their nature and their character 
because you know them. Now, this might sound very, very, um, not deeper, but lower. Very, it might sound very childish, all right? But the reason my son can ask me for anything is because he has seen me give it to him. So as far as he's concerned, he knows daddy just has to wake up, go into the kitchen, and then he will come out with whatever it is. That, that, do you understand? So he has known that to be me. That's why we can be all of us, and he will not come to you to ask you for cocoa. He will come to his father or his mother to ask for cocoa, because us, he has known. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm calling you into a place of knowing God. I'm calling into a place of constantly communing with him because it's the only way you get to know his nature, his character, his person. And it's the only way you get to be convinced that whenever you are making that prayer, you don't need to uplift your faith. You don't need to uplift yourself. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God for he that cometh to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen, yet moved with fear, prepared the ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the whole world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have received, for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing where he went. By faith he sojourned the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. The Bible says that he was at a certain level where when God told him to leave, he just woke up and he left. He stood up and he left. When you begin to engage in faith, the initial stages is like God is drawing you in. So you are asking for things, you're seeing things. That's why uh, when someone is just freshly born again, it's like there's so many answered prayers. Like things around you are just working. Like they, it's just so answered prayers. And then there's a little because God now is starting to teach you ways of, of the mature, how to receive when you're mature, how to, how to walk when you're mature. A lot of things begin to happen. The Bible says that, 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 that he stood up and left and went. So when you begin to grow in the things of God and in faith, he'll begin to show you things that seem impossible, things that you have no idea of or you don't even know how they will be achieved. But the moment you step, they become inheritances. Notice what the Bible says. He was told to go to a place where he would inherit. Hmm. I would have said this, that faith carves out an inheritance for you. And you just need to engage in it. Bonus if you will. I pray for you that your prayers will be mighty. Amen. That you will make mighty prayers. That God will always remind you. Every time you're making small prayers, God will always remind you. I pray for a shift of perspective. Bonus if you will. You are... The Bible says that these people, they were heirs of the righteousness that came by faith. Isaac, 
this is Jacob, this is Isaac, this is Abraham, and their households. But you, you are not a dweller in tent. Okay. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. The Bible says that he dwelt in tents because of a promise. That promise was also you and I because he was told nations will come from you. So as they are moving from tent to tent, these are the forerunners of the nation that God is carving out for himself. A nation that are carved out by faith through righteousness. That's why the Bible says that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing where he, would, where he went. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac, Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, Verses 7 is what I meant to read. By faith, Noah being warned of a God, uh, of, a God of things not seen yet, uh, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the serving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. This righteousness, which is by faith, only came with Jesus. Noah attained it even before Christ came. So now that we are in this dispensation, we are no longer dwellers in tents. So our faith availeth much, but we don't come from the tent. That means that you are not required to see the vision as Abraham saw. It doesn't kill the principle of seeing a vision of great things, of great nations, but the nation has already been born. The vision that he saw has already been born. The one thing that is constantly now happening and remains to happen in that vision is dominion, is that we will inherit the land. That is the part of the vision that is being executed because while they were alive, they dwelt in tents. Ah. And up to today, those who are still children of Israel by flesh, and not by covenant, are still dwelling in tents. That's why, even though they are in Israel, there's still a battle. Because if they don't fight over Palestine, even Israel, the entire, the rest of Israel, would be said to be part of Palestine. Because they were shipped out into slavery, different countries, until 19, was it 1947, that now they came back to build. So they, that thing still followed they that were part of the covenant by way of flesh. But for us, we are part of this covenant by the righteousness that comes from faith. They are to be part of the covenant by righteousness that comes from the law. So if you break the law, you lose the benefits. Do you follow? That's why the children of Israel, they'll be living in peace, obeying God. When they lose it, they lose the benefits and they are driven off. Okay, so if you read the book of Judges, if you go back to the book of Judges for a second and, and, and we are done, we are done. I'm done by the way. Um, listen to uh, chapter 6, verses 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. 
And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midianites for seven years. Why? Because they have lost the legal authority because that righteousness comes by the law. But Abraham is our father of faith. So even though a nation is being passed, because Jesus is coming to restore our nation, to restore the world, Abraham moves, and in the beginning of his promises, he lives in tents. That's why it is accredited to him as righteousness, because he saw the end. So as he was dwelling in the tent, and if you continue reading Hebrews chapter 11, it tells you that some of these people never achieved what was promised to them. But that promise is still kept by God for heirs of salvation, which is you and I. So Abraham lived in tents so that you don't have to live in tents. Ah. If you continue reading, if you read after Deborah, before Deborah, during Samson's time, you constantly see, and these people, they went on and they sinned. This is after Joshua. They went on and they sinned and they left. They left. They went to captivity. God sent them to captivity. And that has been happening all through. But for you and I, we are heirs of salvation. And if you and I are heirs of salvation, then nothing should be hard for us. We have been called to have dominion, to inherit the land, to occupy until Jesus comes. We have been called to walk in the fullness of his glory, in the fullness of the glory of this righteousness that comes by faith. So now the Bible tells you that the just shall live by faith because that is our life. Faith makes available for you the righteousness of God, which qualifies you for every blessing, every proclamation, not just over you, but over Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because in Abraham, God sets his plan for humanity to be a blessing over his creatures. It's not just for you to be blessed, but it is for you to be a blessing over the created things. That's why the Bible says that the creation awaits the manifestation of sons. Why? Because we are called to be a blessing unto the creation. You are not just a leader of people. You are a leader of created things. Things you can see and things you cannot see. You are a leader in manifesting the fullness of God, the life of Jesus, the life of God. You are a leader in that. The covenants that he made that are still alive, he made to Abraham, those covenants are alive over you, waiting for you to accomplish and to walk in them. But we cannot do it if we are limited in our prayer, if we are defeated in our place of believing, if we are not walking constantly engaging faith. Would you stand to your feet? I have an assignment for you. I have an assignment for you. And my assignment, my assignment is simple. 
this whole week, and you can do it beyond this week, but this whole week, the remainder of this week, that is today, tomorrow, Sunday, all right? Even moving into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you can fast if you want to. But I want you to meditate over the things that you're believing God for. All right? Not just to think about them, but I want you to meditate. Certain things God will tell you, you cannot waste faith, all right? Faith will always deliver no matter the amount. But you're doing this because I'll be praying for you that you begin to have a mind shift, that you begin to believe God for the impossible, for greater things, for bigger things. If you're believing God for a town, you begin to believe God for cities, for nations, uh, for peoples. If you're believing God just for a business, you begin to believe God for transformed lives so that your business is not just business to meet ends meet or to be wealthy or to accumulate, but it's business to set people's destinies, to set people free. If you're believing God for thousands, that you begin to believe God for uh -huh. greater amounts. We are believing God for our place, all right? Uchumingong Road. Uh -huh. And we are believing God for land. Above all, we are believing God for this city and this nation. Yes. So can it fill up our prayers? Can it fill up our prayers? That I know sometimes we just want to know God. God, I just want to know you. God, show me who you are. That is also good. He also tells you to ask. I know that is asking, but he's not afraid when we ask for things. So I'm believing God that, that, that we're going to increase in the marriages that we have. We're going to increase in the cars that we have. We're going to increase in owning homes, in the lands that we have. We're going to increase in the land for Jesus, in the lands for the gospel, for the kingdom of God. And we're believing God for souls. We are going to increase in numbers and expand. And, 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 and in territories. So that means that our services, wherever our services will be, that, that, that nations will be blessed by our services. Beyond the language, beyond... I'm believing God for books, books that will transform. I'm believing God for healings, for miracles, for blind eyes opening, for cripples, legs uh, straightening or legs appearing. I'm believing God for the impossible. And in this journey... This is what we are called to do as Awakening Church. And I want you to be in meditation. Because I think that when we enter into the place of prayer, we, even as we pray, without meditating and thinking, we are likely to suffer the same disease that has been pursuing us. Where we just enter, but our engagement in faith is just that 15 minutes that we have to pray. But can it be that when you open your mouth, this is something that you have been thinking about? Like your conversation has been, how can we win a generation? How can we win a generation? What are the strategies for this kind of business? What are the strategies for wealth? You have been thinking about it. So when you open your mouth and you're praying and you want to know God and you're growing in God and you open your mouth and you ask for it, you're not just asking for something that you have thought about now in this moment, something that is just by the way, but you're asking for something that has consumed you because you're pursuing purpose. You're pursuing purpose. It's more than 
congregating is more than uh, wale watu awakening wanakwanga na magari na mabibi wameoa mabibi wa rembo mabwana wanakapua wanakwanga na mashamba wanakwanga tu wamebariki unataka kubariki enda hiyo it's beyond that it's a people who are pursuing destiny some of you your destinies are so great you cannot achieve them with 30000 every month Do you understand? You cannot achieve them with that kind because when God has called you to nations, those nations awajaokoka. There's no country that is open for missionaries that are saying, we are going to pay for your accommodation, just come and minister to our people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But there are boardrooms that talk about petroleum that can listen to you and a king can invite you even though you are a believer, but can invite you in their midst. One of the people that inspired me and I saw how this was impossible was Renard Bonke. The fact that Renard Bonke would go to Gambia, the president who is a witch doctor, used to be a witch doctor. You remember the president? The former president alikuwa mganga ana alikuwa witch doctor ama mganga. Eh, of Gambia. And is a Muslim, a staunch Muslim. Yet he still invites the man. Why? Because there are certain status that it you cannot be rejected. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So I'm saying can we go back to the drawing board and begin to examine our faith and begin to do what examine our faith to examine our faith Ndio tusipeleke Ferrari kwa race ya Probox Orado usikuje na Probox kwa race ya Ferrari Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Father, we magnify your name. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Thank you that you're leading us, you're guiding us. Thank you that you're removing every limit. You are removing every limit. You're removing every limit. You're removing every limit. In the name of Jesus. Teach us how to meditate, how to stay at your feet, how to stay at your feet, how to stay at your feet. Let this inform our prayer. Let this inform our prayer in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Teach us. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways, teach us your ways. Where we have sold ourselves short. Akalabrato sende la vira da balabrato scalavata. Zembrandiza levati la bredosh kinda la vira. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. Japa labrata shanda la vira. Oh shalivrade silabrando silabrata la makaramanda. Oh shalavreti silabrata. You know what's in our hearts more than we even know it. Oh ripase livrato skande la vida sanda la vira. As we pour our heart to you my God today is because we want to be part of what you're doing. We want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. 
We want to be in the plans of the nations you're visiting, in the plans of the resources you're releasing. We want to be right in the middle of that which you're doing. Ah, as a church, as a weakening church, we want to be in the midst, in the middle of that which you're doing. We stand to be counted. We stand to be counted. We stand to be counted. We stand to be counted as heirs of salvation, as heirs of salvation, as heirs of this righteousness. Zupere de la vida, 